Greetings, constant listeners. It's Michael Monroeville Mall Rothman. What you're about to hear is a clip from our latest Patreon-exclusive episode that sees the losers studying Stephen King's influence over television throughout the years. Together, they see what they can learn from TV's treatment of King's work, from the jokes to the references to the shows that, if not for him, might not even exist. We're talking about Cheers. We're talking about Perfect Strangers, Lost, Supernatural, Family Guy, Rick and Morty, Bobby's World even. I mean, the list goes on. So, how do you hear the full thing? Well, you can get it now by becoming a member of our Patreon, The Barons. In addition to this episode, you can unlock hundreds of hours worth of exclusive content. Our Stephen King archival series, our own Dark Tower Detour series, our Spooky Souls Midnight series, our Stranger Things spinoff series, our Michael Crichton spinoff series, dozens of commentaries and all your favorite Stephen King movies and countless exclusive episodes just like this. Subscribe now through the link in the description of this episode or visit www.patreon.com slash the Barons. We even have some annual sales. So get there. Until then, I hope to see you over long days and pleasant nights. Listeners, I should be saying watchers. Am I right? And I'm not talking about the Dean Koontz novel. Have you guys <laughs> read that one? I have actually. Um, it's very good. I've read maybe 10 Dean Koontz novels and Watchers is far and away my favorite. Jen, you've read a decent amount of Koontz, right? I've read a couple. Yeah. I think I tried to get um, like one approved for like a book report at school at one point. And she was like, no, no, this isn't anymore. They said no but dice? Love, they said no they dice. Be, yeah. They should be happy you're reading anything at all. Ex- They're well, like, try King instead. School, so they were super. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I read Hideaway and I liked it a lot because I had a crush on Jeremy Sisto at the time. And then I read Wait. Odd Thomas. So. Wait, was he was Jeremy Sisto in the book? He's in, no, the yes, movie. he is on every page actually. No, yeah, he stars as some person in the movie. It's been a long time. I think was he's it the a hideaway. TV movie? No, it was an Alicia Silverstone movie. I think it was after Clueless. Is it wow? Is Jeff Goldblum in it or is that Dragon Tears I'm thinking of? Or is he in both? He of might them? be in I think it. He might be I in it. He might. Okay. Let's see. Uh, yeah, he's in it. Find out. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> is he her dad, I think? As I much think, as yeah, I would love, dad. wait, Jeremy Sisto is the dad in nine in no, the nineties. No, Jeremy Sisto, <laughs> I think, is Jeff Goldblum's son. Oh, okay. Or Alicia Silverstone's. How dad funny would it be if, like, if like twenty-one-year-old Jeremy Sisto is playing Alicia Silverstone's dad after Clueless? Like <laughs> it's Hollywood, baby. Yeah, he he does have an old soul about him. I think um, he does. <laughs> all right, so that's it for today's episode. Um, <laughs> no, this is going to be a, in we're on a tangent. <laughs> this is going to be a fun episode, uh, maybe a little uh, loosey goosey because the topic is simply too big. Um, but I have I have a way to break it down. What we're doing today, as you probably surmised from the title of the episode, is we're talking about King and television, and not we're not talking about like all the adaptations of his. Uh, books into TV series, although that is a thing and will be a thing. And we'll probably talk more about that sort of thing once Welcome to Dairy comes out. But I'm more so interested, and this kind of spawned out of our Bachman stuff, Jen, um, when mm. we talked about the Grimm, which is... Dan, have you ever heard of Grimm? Grimm, like... Uh, is that a podcast? Th- no, it was... Uh, I think you're thinking of lore, probably. Oh, but yeah, like, yeah. No, Grimm was a TV show. I, I don't think it's still on. Uh, it's one of those like network procedural fantasy shows where it's like oh half yeah pop drama half yeah like... no, I, I've heard that show it's almost like Once Upon a Time or Ever After well, it, it's like if um 
it's like the comic fag- fables, but probably not as good. Uh, yeah, it's like <laughs> well, CSI yeah, the, and Once Upon a Time yeah. merge. Well, you know, what I realized watching the Grimm episode, which I sadly, full disclosure, did not finish. It's, these things are 45 <laughs> minutes long. Like, come on, I, I have a job. Um, so, but no, uh, these are like, uh, like, yeah, there was a whole spate of them where it was like grim and it's like fairy tales meet, uh, you know, police procedural. I think they all wanted to be supernatural, right? Like, that's what I realized watching it was it had those supernatural vibes and, um, you know, yeah, once upon a time, I think was a little more fantasy than police procedural, but it still had the procedural element to it, which is cool. That's what network TV is good for. And, um, but yeah, basically, I, I I read about this episode of Grimm that name checked Richard Bachman and and heavily incorporated rage into like the store, the monster of the week story they were telling because this monster was like leaving books behind that I guess I don't know if I'm being honest, like it is I don't get it. I don't know. But it's <laughs> like I was interested in the ways that King has seeped into television. But the thing is, that is such a big sort of topic. In this case, it was like they were directly referencing not just King, but like his, you know, doppelganger and a very obscure, relatively obscure book into this, which I thought was kind of funny. And it made me think of all of the various King references that I've, that we've, you know, probably all encountered over the years, even before we were reading King. And I was like, it would be fun to sort of track the evolution of that and what it says about King's influence on horror on television on generations because you know i think the way people viewed king in the 80s is very different than how we look at him now and um although there are a lot of things on here that surprised me honestly it was hard for me to come up with kind of a clear thesis on what it is i'm pulling from all of this because like i was continuously surprised uh especially by one that you posited dan which we'll get to and I think you know what I'm talking about. It involves a, a man by the name of Howie Mandel. How he do it? I don't know. Let's find out. So um, so I've broken this up. And I basically, and because I'm, I don't know, I'm so devoted to you listeners and, and creating a good ex- exhaustive experience for you since exhaustive is kind of what we do on this pod. I couldn't stop. Like I wanted to find every reference I could. Here's the thing. I, there's no way I did because there's too many. Um, and I already like started bleeding from my eyes watching all of these clips. <laughs> so I would have clawed them out jaunt style if I really tried to dig into all of these clips. But the hope is that we'll discuss some of these. We'll play some clips from some of them. And then uh, I don't know. I'm excited to see where we end up once we talk about these things. So I've split them up into three categories, which is jokes and references. These are like one off things. Uh, visual references, jokes, like, uh, you know, very small things that just pepper, you know, the story of a TV show. And, and then also, uh, we're going to move on to King is homage, right? Like these are where his novels, his stories, even his general presence sort of influences the entire structure, or should we say like multiple set pieces within a TV show. And then there's King is Essential, and there's three shows in particular I want to talk about, but I'm my my co-host here. I want you guys, which I'll, who I'll introduce you shortly. Uh, I want you guys, you know, if you have any other 
things to add, please throw in. But and these are ones where I'm not sure these shows would exist if it were not for Stephen King. And and they're very different in that regard, which I think is going to be fun to discuss. And I chose television. You know, I could throw movies in here, too. But, you know, and maybe we'll do a movie episode where it's like all these King references within movies. But I wanted to focus on television because I don't know how to phrase it. I guess it's essentially like they captured, I think, the, maybe the the middle class suburban kind of zeitgeist that I think I grew up in, like, you know, sitcoms, you know what I mean? Like when King was getting referenced on sitcoms, I think that says more than if he's like getting name checked in like a movie or something, you know what I mean? Cause mm-hmm. uh, you know, I grew up watching cheers and, and Seinfeld and, um, and Bobby's world, you know, to quote Dan's favorite show. So it's <laughs> the, you know, and there are King references in all these things, uh, which is absolutely wild to me. And, you know, and I was watching a lot of them when I was very young. And so it's like, I guess part, and I think that's going to, that kind of segues into my question for you guys to, as a means of introduction, which is like, what is the earliest King reference you remember seeing on TV? Uh, Particular points if it was before you'd ever read King, but it was something that had sort of seeped into you culturally or like, you know, um, through just general recognition. Like for me, it was Cheers. There is a scene in Cheers where Frazier, I think, wants to, you know, educate the bar. So he starts reading them a Charles Dickens novel. I believe it's A Tale of Two Cities. He starts just reading it out loud. And uh, and nobody's paying attention because, you know, hey, man, uh, Dickens is boring. Like, get with it. <laughs> and so uh, I'm just kidding. I love Dickens. But, but he realizes no one's paying attention. So he goes. And there was a bloodthirsty clown who beckoned innocent children into the sewer and swallowed them whole. <laughs> And I knew even then, and I was very, very young whenever I saw this, I knew it was Stephen King, right? Like, but Stephen King was just a big name. He was just a f- cultural figure. He was someone I've seen. I think I saw his books advertised, you know, in commercials for the book club and all that kind of stuff. And I knew they were scary. And I knew iconography or images because I think, um, I'm not sure if that aired before or after the miniseries, maybe after because I imagine it was you know, in the culture for them to incorporate it into a cheers joke. And, um, and so I find that really interesting. The fact that before I even had a desire to read King, I was recognizing those references in culture. So yeah, I don't know, uh, Dan, why don't I kick it over to you? Introduce yourself and tell me like the earliest time you remember.